Hey guys, it's Jackie, founder of All Mama Care and Mama to a Super Kid. When my son was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia at 21 months old, not only did I feel my world was ending, but I was alone and scared. I made it my job to get my hands on every resource possible to become educated about his diagnosis. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was determined to become empowered and do everything possible to help my baby and my family thrive. Along the way, I've had the pleasure of connecting with some wonderful organizations and meeting some of the most caring and authentic people. This podcast is dedicated to supporting parents and families while their child is going through cancer treatment and beyond. I share with you all the resources that have played a major factor during this time in my family's life, and I'm so glad you're here with me. And now, let's get this episode started. So for me, with her not being able to eat, that was the big, the big moment. And that's when I realized that there was something here. And we just, I had kept a tasting journal the whole time and I started rewriting all my recipes to include palate cleansing techniques and all these different things to lighten the flavor of things, but still keep them interesting. And that's really where Cooking for Chemo and eventually Cooking for Kids and all of my other cookbooks came from. Welcome back to the All Mama Care podcast. Today, I have Chef Ryan Callahan with us, and Chef Ryan has really been with my family throughout my whole son's treatment. I initially, I don't even know how I found your book. Maybe I was just Google searching, but I came up with cooking for kids with cancer, and then all of a sudden, obviously, your book is titled Cooking for Kids with Cancer, which we'll be talking about later. But I think I read that within a span of like a month and I just digested it and tried to figure out what exactly was happening as my son was going through really intense chemo treatment and why was he eating like crazy and just kind of like understanding what was happening. So first off, I just want to thank you so much for writing the book because it was so insightful and I know you have a plethora of things that are going on and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but um, that's how I got connected to you and I just want to thank you so much for that. Well, thank you for thanking me. Um, you know, people say that you do, you, you, you don't do things for money, you do things for the gratitude. And that's basically my view on life is that I didn't write uh, my books for myself. I wrote them to help other people. And it's so rare, you know, people buy the book or they download the book or they read the website, but like, you know, like I get a thank you letter like once a month and that literally keeps me going. And so when people say, Oh, thank you so much. I'm like, Oh, oh the validation, you know, it's like, yes, it's helping people. you know, people, someone read it. I spent all this time writing. Oh, someone read this article. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You know, you feel like a crazy person sometimes, you know, like I feel like the cra- I am the crazy fanboy for my fans. I'm so happy that anybody likes me to begin with that I'm like, oh, they really like me, you know? Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thank you for telling me thank you because I really do genuinely appreciate that. You're welcome. And I know that we've chatted, you know, prior to this and I've sent you some like messages and just kind of checking in and, and I asked your opinion about a couple of things which were really helpful when we were going through really the brunt of the first 10 months of Ollie's treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to thank you for being a resource. And I remember, I think I was texting you, like not texting you, but sending you a Facebook messenger <laughs> at like 1130 at night when he yeah. was, you know, up snacking. I'm like, what do I do? And so just being available like that really helps to bridge a connection and 
you know, maybe we can talk a little bit about how you got connected to, you know, obviously how you got involved in cooking, but more so how did you kind of tailor your cooking towards cancer treatment? Sure. That's a, that's a very big subject as you could guess. Um, So I'll just give you a little bit of my, my background. Um, I have been, and I'm sure you guys could read this online very easily, but, uh, I'm a food person. I have been a food person ever since I was a little kid. Uh, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, and St. Louis, Missouri is a cooking town. This is a food city. There's there's not a lot to do besides watch baseball, watch hockey, um, drink beer, and eat good food. And the people who – we have a really cosmopolitan city where a lot of people came over, and it's a pretty affordable area, so a lot of people brought their food with them. So um, one of the biggest shocks for me – growing up in St. Louis is we, we have a huge Italian population. So there isn't a F ethnic aisle that says, you know, like pasta, pasta sauce, Italian food. It's throughout the entire thing. And when I moved out of state for the first time and I lived in Colorado, the biggest shock of my life was walking into the grocery store and seeing all the Italian food crammed into a little corner of like one half of an aisle. And it was lab- It was with like, you know, kosher, Hispanic, Chinese and Italian food. And it blew my mind. And that was when I learned that, you know, St. Louis is such a cosmopolitan town because all the food is intermixed, but we're a food city. I'm a food person. And I knew when I was a little kid, I either wanted to be, um, I either wanted to cook or I wanted to be a doctor. And it's interesting because I ended up doing cooking for chemo, which is actually a little bit of both. And so basically I, I came out of high school. I went straight into culinary school. And then I started working in, I actually started working in restaurants when I was 15 and I'm 34 now. So it's been a very long, long time. And, and so basically I, I kind of worked my way up the ladders. I started as, you know, I made sandwiches and I, you know, washed dishes. I made salads. I got to be a line cook and I worked in all these different places. I moved to front of house, back of house, became a general manager. Then I ended up helping and co-owning a couple places myself. And food is just my passion. And what ended up happening is I co-owned a restaurant in Texas with some of my family. Well, some family friends, I should say. I consider them family, but strictly legally speaking, they're family friends. My mom, my biological mom, she was diagnosed with uh, HER2 positive breast cancer, and uh, she lived in Boulder, Colorado at the time, and I was living in, down in Texas at the time. And so we ended up having to shut down the restaurant, and I moved back, and I knew what I was getting into because uh, I was going to go be your full-time caregiver, and I really had a good idea. Uh, my best friend in college, uh, Tommy, he passed away from, he had uh, liver cancer. And uh, so he passed away. And then uh, both of my grandfathers, I lost them in high school, uh, one from prostate cancer and one from multiple myeloma. Mm-hmm. So I was very familiar with cancer and chemotherapy and, you know, that you couldn't eat, you didn't eat, you lost all the weight. And, you know, from the outside, not being a caregiver, you, you, you just knew that when you had cancer, you went through chemotherapy and the chemotherapy made you not hungry. And then when I heard that this happened to my mother, I'm... I'll, I'll own it. I'm the biggest mama's boy in the world. <laughs> you know, like I could give anybody a run for their money. But when I heard that, I was like, that's it. And, you know, I told my wife, I was like, we have to move back to Colorado to take care of my mom. Cause originally it was just a lumpectomy to remove uh, a piece of her breast, but then it kind of, maybe the right word isn't devolved, but that's the word I'm going to use. It devolved from this constructed, you know, this is the scenario to chemotherapy and reconstruction, a hysterectomy, all these things. Like, like, you know, like she almost, could start a part store with how much they've removed from her over the, over the years, you know, That's and you gotta lot. laugh about it. It is yeah. a lot. And yeah. You gotta laugh about it. Cause if you don't laugh, you'll, you'll cry. Right. That's yeah. my coping mechanism is if you don't laugh, you cry. So I tell bad jokes. Um, <laughs> so anyways, so I, I went and I took care of her for a year. And as a chef, I knew, 
I, I knew the structure of food, you know, that, that food has flavors and flavors you like, there are flavors you don't like, everyone has preferences. And that's something I always believed. But I had studied not just American cooking and French cooking, Southern cooking, comfort food cooking. Uh, I had studied, you know, British cooking, Indian cooking, and actually I'd worked for a Chinese restaurant for a long time cooking as well, cooking and delivering and running it. And so I knew a lot about Eastern cooking styles as well. And so when I was cooking for my mom, I actually learned, I'm very, it was very blessed to be able to blend all of these styles together into something that she really liked. And I was making chicken and dumplings for, for her. I was probably after her second treatment. She couldn't eat anything. She could barely eat anything. And I was like, I got him I, every meal. I cooked her three meals a day, four meals a day, a snack, everything. Like I was like, I was, I was her man Friday as the old saying goes, you know, I was making everything, cleaning everything, taking care of everything. And so I was really her full-time live-in caregiver. And it was this moment where I was making chicken and dumplings with, you know, the cream sauce and all that stuff. And I remember this Chinese cooking technique that sugar follows vinegar. And I remember that all the Chinese sauces, they're spicy and they're bold and they're savory and a little bit salty. And they've got all these different complex flavors going on. You're making me hungry right now. I'm sorry. I shouldn't. Yeah, I know. And now, and no one can eat yet. You know, no one can go out just to the store and just grab where let's just go to the Chinese restaurant. Right. But you know, like general Tso's sauce is like this really spicy, savory, sweet, but light sauce. Well, the way that works is a combination between sugars and vinegars, which I'm sure you remember from reading in the book. Mm-hmm. And so I put uh, red wine vinegar into the chicken and dumplings, followed it with sugar and cooked it a little bit to let it mellow out. And you taste it. You had the big, bold, savory flavors of the chicken and the cream sauce and so on and so forth, but it didn't leave the residue in your mouth. And that was my big, aha, light bulb moment comes on and you go, this is it, right? I think I figured it out. I think I finally figured it out. And I brought her a bowl and I was so excited and she took a bite. She's ate three bowls, four bowls of chicken and dumplings going from not being able to eat anything at all, like a couple slices of bread at the most. And so for me, with her not being able to eat, that was the big, the big moment. And that's when I realized that there was something here. And we just, I had kept a tasting journal the whole time and I started rewriting all my recipes to include palate cleansing techniques and all these different things to lighten the flavor of things, but still keep them interesting. And that's really where cooking for chemo and eventually cooking for kids and all of my other cookbooks came from is just that moment. And I just remember feeling so relieved of watching my mom eat because you know yeah. like she hadn't eaten for like six weeks realistically but like in that moment you know yeah. when somebody who loves to eat as much as you do not be able to eat it's really disconcerting and so um so that was the big moment and that's where cooking for chemo really came from was that moment and then I knew I had something and I kept this log through the rest of treatment I started designing recipes and I started working and we wrote our first book cooking for chemo figuring out the logistics of actually writing it and then mm-hmm. literally having to form a publishing company to design this this book and this product and then have to keep making recipes and then we started doing speaking engagements and that's where things started really growing and we started getting feedback and so we've made three versions of cooking for chemo and actually the most recent version of cooking for chemo has all of the ideas and techniques for kids built into it as well uh, with the specific notes. Cause you know, like I'm sure you saw that there are specific things you need to think about for kids. Like kids have a limited food experience. You know, yeah. Just- and if I can just interject my son, he's turning three in like two weeks and he has a very limited like food that he loves. And that was that from the beginning of his treatment, it was so hard because he was eating so much, but it was so limited. And all he wanted was, you know, three specific things like (laughs) night and day, just, I think it was like cheese puffs, like organic cheese puffs. And then he would like now quinoa bowls and then, you know, kind of bland. And then, um, I think the other one, 
I can't, I can't remember, which is actually a good thing, but yeah, it was really challenging. And, you know, as a mom, seeing my son go through and being so hungry, because I had the opposite problem where he was on this steroid for 29 days and it was so intense and he was so hungry and just couldn't be filled. Right. And, and, and my concern as a parent, oh my gosh, he's eating so much food. Like this is very concerning. So everybody, you know, and every child is different and every family is completely different. But what I took away, you know, from your book is really, like you said, just understanding the flavor and understanding what complements each other. You had talked about sugar and vinegar and how those two things um, going into a recipe can really either like tone down the acidity or bring it back up. You have done so much and you've already described, you've started restaurants, you've worked in so many different areas of the restaurant business. And I just want to give you a shout out. You got two Gourmand Awards, which Mm -hmm. I believe is the Health and Nutrition Mm -hmm. Award. Is that correct? Yep. That was for, uh, that was in 2016 for Cooking for Chemo and After. We won, uh, basically it's like, uh, they call it the, they, they describe it like the Olympics of food. I, I won the, the placing medal to compete for the United States that year. Um, That's incredible. Which is, which is unbelievable considering the fact that it was my first book. That's incredible. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and then also you received the 2018 Gourmand World Cookbook Award for the most innovative cookbook. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so that was for Chef Ryan's How to Cook Cookbook. I'm a big comic book video game nerd. The official term that people use these days is weeb. So um, oh, I am one of those. And uh, Learn something but, um, new every day. <laughs> exactly right. We have our own word now. <laughs> but basically, I'm just a big creative guy. And um, I just have always liked video games and, and comic books and things like that. And so I wanted to make my big problem with cookbooks has always been that they're so cut and dry and they're not factual they're opinion pieces basically and so what i wanted but they never teach you how to cook they say here's a recipe recreate this well giving somebody a recipe is great if you know how to cook already and on top of that if you have exactly the same ingredients of exactly the same time of year of the exactly the same this that and the other so what i wanted to do is create a fully interactive cookbook that would engage younger audiences and older audiences and be fun and whimsical and just really I think cooking's magic. I, it really is. It's this cross between art and science and it's magical, right? It's this thing that happens that you have to do because you have to eat, right? But it can be fun and I think it's fun and I thoroughly enjoy it. Of course I do because I do it for a living, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, I guess a lot of people do things for a living that they don't like. But so the Chef Ryan's How to Cook cookbook really took, we took all these illustrated characters and we made them into representations of food concepts and we drew out food cooking techniques. And so that's where, why we won the most innovative award is because it's not just a book of recipes. It's a how to cook cookbook. It teaches you how to cook, starting with what is food? What is flavor? How does it work? Just like cooking for chemo, just like cooking for kids. And then we spun it off to be, what is a saute pan? How do you use this? How do you stir fry? How do you deep pan fry things? And just using basic pieces of equipment because people always say, oh, I can't cook. I'm terrible in the kitchen. Well, I don't buy that you are unexperienced and untrained in the kitchen, but literally anybody can cook. If I can do it, I promise you, you can do it. And that's why we won the most innovative award is because we really focused on 
teaching everybody how to cook because I really believe that not only should everybody know how to do it, but that everybody can. And it's, you know, I describe it in the book. It's, it's like owning a pickup truck. Once you know how to cook, everyone's going to want to be your friend. And that's also just a, a wonderful concept because a lot of the families that are listening don't just have toddlers like I do. They have kids that are in, in elementary school, middle school listening. Um, there could be adults that are going through treatment or they just finished treatment. And so it's not just cooking for kids with cancer that you do, which is so wonderful. You have such a wonderful portfolio of different resources that I'm just really excited to talk more about. And I am more of a baker, but I will say once I have like a step-by-step on how to put things together and understand, not like you said, not just a recipe, but like understand why these two foods go together. It makes me more excited because I'm educating myself at the same time and it doesn't feel like it's a burden to have to mm-hmm. cook something. Yeah, and that's and that's what it's all about is, is you know, they, they say knowledge is power, right? Once you take care of you, you can handle everything else, right? It's, that's the base. And so that that's really where this all came from is, is especially now, right? now with everything that's going on in the world. Cooking at home is so unbelievably important because people in restaurants are great. We really do a really good job trying to be as clean as possible, but but cooking at home and learning how to do it, you are in control of every part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you know, people sometimes are like, oh, well, I'm salt sensitive or I don't, I try not to eat too much fat or I try not to eat too many carbohydrates or I try to eat more vegetables. Well, if you cook your own food, you're in charge of that. You right. can then put the nutrients that you want in your food. If you find that, you know, if you I need feel, a substitute, maybe you're right. dairy free, gluten free. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And then you can take care of it yourself. And that's what all my books are all about is, is they're not just, here's a list of recipes. It's, it's here's how to conceptualize food and to understand it on an easy to understand level. Cause I always use these big words like conceptualize. Um, that's, that's a problem of mine, but you know, I, I talk it down, right. I, you know, and that's what we do is we break it down into little easy bite sized chunks that you can understand that anyone can understand that you don't need to spend your entire life winning culinary awards to understand, you know, how to make a creme brulee. It's really easy guys. It's sugar and cream and eggs. You whip it and then you put sugar on top of it and blow torch it. You know, that like sounds amazing. it is, it's easy, right? So, and that's, that's just the truth of the matter though. That's what food is. Food is just this combination of things and it's just learning what went wrong and how to fix it next time. And then if you're, you know, if you don't eat gluten or you don't eat meat or you only eat vegetables or you only eat meat, right? I'm sorry. I will only eat raw, wild fed, (laughs) organic deer meat. And that's all I eat. You know, like (laughs) any of my books would work for you because the recipe is their ideas to teach you how to conceptualize it, not just, Hey, eat this, not that. And that's where I really think people get into trouble with, especially with cancer stuff is people think eat this, not that. Well, that's not, that's not correct. If you talk to any diet oncology dietitian, that's not the correct way to look at it because every person is unique. Everybody's palate is completely different in the side effects too. One child may experience, you talked about in your book, um, just sensitivity around swallowing, Mm -hmm. or they may have, you know, the mouth sores. It makes things very difficult. And so that's why I just love, I loved reading your book because it just gives so many different options in order for families and for kiddos to really tailor and figure out, okay, let's try this. Okay, that didn't work. Let's try something different. 
And to that point too, you know, it really brings the family together because let's face it, going through cancer treatment is a whole family endeavor. Mm -hmm. And especially for my family, um, we've been very lucky that our entire extended family has really wrapped around us and even strangers that we don't even know have been so generous and being able to kind of, you know, meet around the kitchen table or your child's in bed, have a camp out in their bedroom and have dinner together and really be able to create some memories around cooking together and making it, you know, easier than harder. Because like I had mentioned, you know, cooking, it can be very burdensome. That's the last thing I remember. That's the last thing that we wanted to even think about when mm -hmm. um, Ollie was diagnosed. And so just being able to have all these different resources in your book and being able to tailor it as you're going through treatment and then thereafter is just so wonderful. So I just, I cannot say enough about the Cooking for Kids with Cancer book. And I am extremely excited to talk about, maybe we can just kind of bounce around a little bit, but talk about the two free digital copies mm -hmm. of two books that you have available right now on the website. That's correct. So uh, if you go right now to cookingforchemo.org <laughs> and just hit Head on into your favorite browser, punch in cookingforchemo.org. Uh, if you go down on the homepage, we make things so easy for people because cancer is so overwhelming that you can't even, I mean, like, I remember days I couldn't even, like, shower or think, yep. you know. Or get dressed. Or yeah, get dressed. I stayed in my PJs the whole day, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and at some point you got to do your hair and you got to put pants on. Right. The underpants radius at some point has to retract to inside the house only. Yeah. Like, let's just be real. <laughs> We're going to be honest here, you know. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so if you go to go our website, it's right on our homepage. Um, we made our digital copies of Cooking for Chemo and After, the second edition. That is available for free right now on our website. And then uh, it's just you just scroll down a little bit. You click download here. It downloads straight to your phone, your laptop, whatever. It's a PDF. It's pre-formatted. You don't need any fancy reading software except for, I guess, Adobe um, Whatever Acrobat. the Adobe, whatever the Adobe PDF reading pro, yeah, that's it, Acrobat. Yeah. yeah, I wrote this thing, I designed this thing, I did this in the program, and I still can't remember what it's called. Okay. And uh, and then we also have uh, Chef Ryan's How to Cook Cookbook available as well, and that one's fun. And you know, in the print versions of it, you can color in it and draw yourself into it. It's like actually a coloring book. And oh, so, so it's really interactive. It's that's fully nice. interactive. So when I say it's interactive, it's not like high level interactive. It's literally interactive. Like literally, I want you to color in this thing. Like we literally encourage you to get colored pencils. Draw your. We made a character called the the uh, a character that's literally you. We didn't put a face on it. We want you to literally draw yourself in there, or cut it, or as my brother said, take a picture of yourself in different reaction poses. Cut, print it out at Walgreens, <laughs> cut it out, and then glue it in with a glue stick. You know, you're like, oh, that, what is this? Oh, great, I learned something. You know, so it was just that's the idea. Is just yeah, fully interactive where you're learning, so you're kind of immersed in a story of why you're. Why am I trying to learn how to cook? Mm. Oh, because I need to learn how to cook. Okay, in this situation. And so, so those are definitely available. Yeah. And I actually, before we hopped on this call, I downloaded them and I'm a binder person. Like I cannot wait to print them off and put them in a nice three ring binder and go through everything and highlight them and like print out, you know, the coloring sheets for Ollie, although he's really into painting right now. So it may, may turn into a painting um, interactive <laughs> uh, illustration and we'll Good. send you a picture. 
That's good. That's, that's, that's the goal. You know, that's food should be fun. It should be interactive. It's something you do with your hands. I I don't know. I'm going to sidestep here, but I don't know if you've ever been to a restaurant where you actually eat with your hands, Mm -hmm. um, like North African culture. And it changes the, the experience so much of your relationship with food because we use these, these utensils, which distances ourselves from the primal roots of eating, but eating with your hands just totally changes everything. And I feel the same way about cooking. It's with your hands. You do it. You feel the heat, you feel the cold. Uh, you feel the product in your hands. That's what we call food in a restaurant. We call it product. It's a fancy mm-hmm. industry term, <laughs> but that's why those I want to make words. Yeah. All those big fancy words that I use. Um, but that, that's why we wanted to make it the way it is, is because you, I want you to be immersed in it. I want you to, you know, like be dropped into the water and have to swim through the world of, of cooking and, and almost step through the, the wardrobe in Narnia and be fully immersed into this idea of, you know, what this, what this food stuff's all about and that it's not scary and that it's not hard and that it's fun and, and approachable. And so, and I have to say, I'm super excited that, you know, like uh, I didn't really get to comment on this, but you literally took from my books what I really hoped that people would take from it. Cause when you make something, you have no idea how people are going to perceive it. You know how you intended to be perceived, but the way that other people conceptualize it and understand it when they read it, is this going to make sense to people? Is this going to translate? And so it makes me super happy to hear you say, Oh, it gave me ideas. Cause right. that's all I want you to take away from it is, right. is helpful hints and ideas, you know, cause there is no one size fits all formula. Uh, there's no one size fits all hat, you know, there's because every cancer is different. Every kid's different. Every adult's different. Every person's different. Their experiences are different. And they're so varied that there's no way for me as one individual to possibly conceptualize every possible variation, you know, like, like what if you were born in the Sudan? I would have no idea what your idea of comfort food is. I, right. I couldn't even conceptualize it. Exactly. Moving on to talk about some of the other resources that you have available on your website. Specifically, you have a cancer fighter club and I have not joined it yet, but you describe it as very exclusive. So once, once I joined the mailing list, I'm really excited because you had advertised that you have some exclusive videos. Can you talk a little bit more about what's available inside that Cancer Fighter Club? Yeah, so the easiest way to describe it, it's a mailing list and, you know, we are not the best at, at going out there and saying, here's what I did on Tuesday at nine o'clock. Uh, and it's a way for us to stay in touch with everybody and say, hey, here's what you need to know about what's going on. Here's different recipes that we're releasing. Here's different videos. Here's where you can hear the podcast. It's just a place for us to once a month condense all the information that we're putting out there and give it to you. Because, you know, if you had to filter through each individual item, like, you know, I cook three meals a day. Like if I posted, you know, that'd be 90 recipes a month. You know, I don't post 90 recipes a month, but it's a way for me to point and say, Hey, look, this is our best content that you may have missed. Here's this recipe. Here's this video I put out. I did this on Instagram. I do a lot of stuff with Instagram these days because it's just a really great way to be in people's pockets, literally. And so, you know, we'll have links to the videos that we put up on our different websites or the different recipes. Like, hey, did you read this tip yet? Like, here's here's this tip on palate cleansing. Have you read this yet? If you hadn't, this may be a really good article for you. Or recently, we actually reformatted our entire website. And one of the things we did for our, our cancer uh, cancer fighter club is that we literally gave them a list of all the changes that we did inside of the website and how to understand them and how to, and how to navigate the new website. Uh, and basically one of the things that dietitians came back and said is I would love something that says 
my patient ha- ha- is having difficulty with metallic tastes. What are some recipes and cooking techniques that I can use? And so it's actually set up that way now to where it's, there's the information. And then when you go into the recipes, you can say, you know, traditional category, general category, or by side effect. And so oh, that was, wow. That's really nice. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really neat. And so it's, it's the same, it's a lot of the same, it's the same content, you know, that we had six months ago, but it's organized in a way that makes more sense to people and, you know, is more user-friendly, which is the end goal of everything on the internet. Wow. And also too, you have, I'm just going to list it off on uh, chef, Ryan mm-hmm. on your website, you have the cancer fighter club, you have cooking lessons, recipes that are listed. We've talked about some of the books. Mm-hmm. We'll circle back to this, but you have a really cool pizza bros comic book that you created <laughs> That's as well as your own podcast mm-hmm. and the cooking club newsletter. And I discovered today you have a free spring herb garden guide, yep. which is talking about all the different herbs and what you can use them for, mm-hmm. you know, in your cooking. Can we circle back to the pizza bros comic? Cause I think that's <laughs> so cool. Yeah, so uh, I ran, uh, long story short, it's based on my real life experiences, me and my wife's real life experiences, I should say, because we co-write it, I illustrate it. And Is she um, in the cooking industry as well? No, she's at, well, she worked in restaurants for a little bit, but she's actually a radio person, and so she was actually a, a radio producer for a long time, um, which is actually how we met, but um, she ended up coming back into the restaurant industry because of me. And so we did a bunch of restaurant stuff together, but because she has that non-industry viewpoint, she has that like promotional radio, you know, publication mindset. She thinks about it in a different way than I think about it. And so it's actually really funny. Each other. Mm-hmm. We do, we do really well. It's anyways. So pizza bros, is a comic book um, and it's and it's uh, it's an exaggeration of real life stories that happened to us and it's about this guy named Steve and Steve works at this at this massive corporation called Pizza Bros and it's done in what's called an 8-bit style it's this pixel art so basically picture Super Mario Brothers so it's done in the Super Mario Brothers that's style that's the feel that I got when I started right. looking at it good good that's great that's what I was going for you were channeling it yeah it's, it's exactly what it was and, yep. and so I loved video games as a kid and like I said I, I like I like comic books too so I combined the two mediums event we think of them as episodes and eventually we want to have them turn into actual video animations um which is something i'm learning how to do kind of like bob's burgers is on television that's our end goal is not just to be a comic book that you read online but actually a television show uh but pizza bros is about steve and his experiences working at pizza bros and um just like me he's steve's a uh, he is an, a comic book writer who delivers pizza to pay his bills while he l- makes his dream of trying to actually make it as a comic book illustrator and writer and hilarious things happen. Like in the first one, you know, they got to make pizzas and they make, they get this big order. They're making them and making them, making them and they finally get to the end. And then they get to the end and they go, wait a minute, if we're all standing here making pizzas, who's catching the pizzas that they come out of the oven and putting them into boxes. And they go to the back of the pizza oven where they come out and they look and there's this big pile of pizzas. Mm -hmm. And so it's got this combination between like high level humor, low level humor, slapstick, you know, slap a guy with a, with a pie in the face. But then at the same time, you know, nuanced puns and things like that. And actually right now we're in a a short story competition. Um, We're making a, a special edition called the zap plan and it's called the zombie action pizza preparedness plan plan. And it's uh, about a founder who's this cowboy who comes up with this idea to, to basically like 
get the pizza restaurants ready for the zombie apocalypse because in his own words that pizza is America's favorite food. And even in a zombie apocalypse, you're still, people are still going, going to want to eat pizza. Yep. Very true. <laughs> Very true. So we're in a, keep we're, the zombies happy. You got to keep the zombies and the regular people happy. And then yep. of course, you know, weird things happen and that's what it's all about, but it's about real, real people and real situations that really happen. You are so creative. You have, you just have such a wonderful concept around the more meaty stuff, like the cooking books, but also making it really fun too. And, and this is something, you know, Ollie's only three right now, but this is something as a mom where I'm like, oh, I feel better because I have Chef Ryan's resources in the back of my mind because as he gets older, kindergarten, first grade, I want him to be in the kitchen. And I'll admit, my husband does a lot of the cooking. Um, I'm starting to cook a little bit more, but you know, I really want to create some some fun memories around it. And he'll be done with treatment when he's it's April, 2022 when he'll be done with treatment. So going right into kindergarten, I'm just really happy that, you know, you've created all these amazing resources and I'm, I'm just really happy that, you know, as Ollie gets older, I'm going to have this in my back pocket. So it's um, it's good to have options, you know, to have options. It really is. And like we had talked about with, you know, with cooking, it's not only necessary, especially now, you know, with the COVID-19 stuff going on. I mean, the quarantines, it can be hard, you know, and you got to have something to do. Yeah. And cooking is such a great thing because you need it for the rest of your life. You need <laughs> not to cook. Yeah. But also just to make some memories around it and kind of test things out. The cooking lessons, I was taking a look at your website. You have some videos on, you know, knife skills and they're like short little videos on how to like how to hold a knife or how to make pizza dough. That's the easy thing to do with the kids. That's a lot of the Instagram content. If you see it, it's what they call vertical video. That's stuff that we do on Instagram where we shoot them live uh, actually in my kitchen. We're going to start doing a lot more of those again, especially since people are stuck at home. That what, do you, what else do you have to do really like besides watch me on TV, which is your phone? you can read pizza bros you can read my books and then you can watch me and uh you know as people like to say it's like literally and you'll probably testify to this because you're talking to me now but reading my books is literally like having me sit there talk to you you yeah i i it was so easy to read and like i said i think i read it in a month and i have it with me right now and it's all you know, marked up, it's all highlighted. I have my sticky notes and it was just so easy to read. It wasn't intimidating. Mm -hmm. And then also one of the last things I wanted to talk about, well, second last thing is you also have a podcast and I know, you know, we had talked about some of the guests that you have on, but you also are kind of like pivoting a little bit with the Mm -hmm. podcast. Can you talk a little bit about that? So, uh, we, I've done two podcasts so far. Uh, the first one was called the people behind your food. And that was really just, that was, I always say I have two brands. There's the chef Ryan Callahan brand and the, and the cooking for chemo brand. And that was a chef Ryan Callahan brand where it was like a general market thing of these are the people who make your food, serve your food, cook your food, grow your food are involved in it. Like I actually had a lunch lady on and she was talking about literally the role that that people in dietary services in public schools actually have in the community. And I had no idea how much they actually do to like help kids who can't get food on a regular basis and deliver meals and do all this stuff. Like I had no idea that schools did all this stuff, you know, like for kids, I had no idea. And I went to public school, you know, <laughs> like, right. but, um, 
and that was so that was it and then we hit we hit 13 episodes and we're taking a little hiatus on that we're going to get more guests and do that over again uh but then what we're really focusing on right now on the podcast is um the cooking for chemo podcast and that's literally all the cooking for chemo information it's just a little 20 minute uh audio file you can listen to when you're in treatment and it covers like the end goal is to have people call in and say, these are my questions. How can I overcome this or that or the other, you know, almost like a Dave Ramsey show or something like that. Is that up on the website? It is. If you go to cookingforchemo.org, it's actually right on the front page. And then there's actually a a, a drop down link that says cooking for chemo podcast. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so it's only got four episodes right now. We were testing the waters to see if people liked it. And then one of the cancer support communities really liked it. And so they asked me to start making more and they've been kind of pushing it out to their audience. And so if, if it grows, I'll do more and please send me questions guys, since I have your attention, (laughs) send me a question so I can answer it. So what we're going to do is basically focus on, you know, answering the cooking for chemo questions. What are the basics? How do you adjust for flavor? What is flavor? How do you perceive this? How do you taste things? How do you see things? How do you cook? And we'll go through like basic cooking ideas and then we'll start answering people's questions. You know, their actual questions. We'll go live on the air and we'll actually answer people's actual questions. You know, like what's the best amount of time to cook an egg for? Or, you know, should cancer patients eat dairy? You know, that's, I get lots of questions like that. And so, and that's what it's going to be all about is directly helping people for 20 minutes at a time. Cause everyone's got 20 minutes in a commute or 20 minutes to sit in an infusion chair. And that was the idea. As we start to wrap up, Ryan, I wanted to ask you what, and I think we talked about this a little bit, but what motivates you to do the work that you're doing right now? Literally you, you are, <laughs> literally my motivation it's it's people real hard-working people who need help that's what I do this for I, it's 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 not the fame it's not the glory it's not traveling across the country talking to people like some you know fancy celebrity it's it's the down dirty regular real people who need the love they need the support and and when I get to talk to people it's it's real people going through real problems you know it's and that's what it's about for me it's not about it's not about money. It's not about fame. It's not about glory. It's not about any of that stuff. It's literally about the regular everyday people. And that's what I do this for is, is the moms and the dads and and the grandparents. And then the kids of the people who are in treatment, it's these people need the support. I went through, I lost three people to cancer. I don't want to lose another person. And especially not now that we have cooking for chemo and we have all this information and, and oncology dietitians inside of cancer centers. Now all these days, there's no reason for us to lose people to starvation ever again. There's no excuse, especially in a place like United States where we have so much food, mm-hmm. you know, like well, you can go to McDonald's and get a cheeseburger for a dollar, you know, like there's no excuse for this anymore. And especially now that we've learned about, you know, what diet dietic needs are and how to, now that we've come up with these techniques to compensate for mouth sores and compensate for loss of appetite. You know, I've come up with all these ideas and written literally the guidebook that helps you do it. There's no excuse anymore. And that's, that's literally why I do it is because I don't think it's acceptable for anyone to, to basically pass away from starvation ever again. I don't think it's acceptable whatsoever. And that's why I work at it every day. And that's what keeps me going. Wow. And also, you know, just, to that point too, the flip side of it, our, our son has been eating so much food and it's, it's really just nice to take your resources and really make it my own for my family. 
I just want to thank you so much for your time and sharing all these awesome projects that you're working on. It's people, you know, like, again, I looked you up on a Google search and I, you're a real guy. You're very easy to talk to and it's not intimidating to read the Cooking for Kids with Cancer book. It's very um, accessible and it really lends itself to creating such a wonderful community that helps families move through really, really tough times. So I just want to thank you so much, Ryan, for popping on the podcast and, and talking about everything. And I just, I cannot say enough about everything that you're doing and the time that you're taking. And I just, I really appreciate it. So thank you so much for creating all of it. You're very welcome. And thank you for appreciating it. And if you keep saying these nice things to me, I'll never get off the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm really looking forward to, again, following you on Instagram. I'm looking forward to taking a look at the Pizza Bros comic book and as well as printing out the how to interactive cookbook. And like I said, you know, we do family paint night every night after dinner as like a calm down activity to get ready for tub and bed. And I think it will be just so nice to be painting as a family and um, have some new materials. Usually we're painting rocks or we're paint- I have a, um, an old canvas and my son loves <laughs> loves to paint on canvas and so it's just uh it's going to be a nice material to add to our portfolio so thank you you're very welcome it was a pleasure to talk to you as well thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode if something from this stuck with you i'd love to hear from you feel free to message me on instagram or on facebook and tell me what you thought Join the private All Mama Care Facebook group to connect with me directly and other listeners across the globe. You can even send me a voicemail. Simply go to anchor.fm backslash allmamacaretime backslash message. Wherever you're listening to this, take a screenshot, tag me and a couple friends. You never know, it might be exactly what someone needs to hear today. The light within me honors the light within you.